Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Step Ahead. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our third episode. So this is a podcast where you can gain some really valuable insights about your future career from industry experts. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest who works at a company many of us recognize and associate with success. And I'm pretty sure a lot of us have searched up and checked who is the richest person alive. And we've all inevitably landed on one website at some point. So without further ado, let me ask Khadar to introduce our guest. Thank you, Mohammed. So we're really, really excited to be speaking with Leyan Abushkair, who currently works at Forbes Middle East as a woman editor and researcher. So her role specifically involves leading all of the content related to businesswomen and female leadership as well as writing for the printed monthly magazine of Forbes Middle East. So she's also graduated from the American University of Sharjah with a Bachelor of Arts in Mass Communication with a concentration in journalism. And she has done this all while participating in numerous extracurricular endeavors. And Leanne's passion for writing compelling articles and empowering young minds is, is truly, truly inspiring. And we really can't wait to get started with this conversation to explore her journey further. So hello, Leanne, welcome on this podcast and tell us how are you doing today? Hello, Mohammed Anhuda. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great and I'm super excited to be with you guys and scared at the same time to be actually experiencing um, being on the other side of the spectrum because I, as a journalist, I usually be, I'm the one who interviews um, others. So, you know, now I definitely know how my interviewees feel and how scary that is. Um, but uh, as I said, I'm very excited to be with you and thank you so much for the very sweet um, intro introduction. It's our pleasure and thanks for joining us today. And so let's get started without waiting any longer. So Lan, uh, can, you, can you take us uh, through your time at university and share with us the kind of experiences you were involved in in university? Sure. Uh, so, um, as you stated, I actually studied uh, journalism at university, uh, but at the same time, I graduated with a minor in theater, uh, which was, to be honest with you, the highlight of my university journey. And in my opinion, both degrees have prepared me uh, very well to be doing what I'm doing today and to kickstart my career. Um, and I'm saying kickstart my career because in my opinion, um, you know, three years later into the profession, I know it's a very, very short uh, time of our experience and the profession, but I can see that the university degree is a great uh, foundation for, uh, for employees or for workers in whatever profession that they are doing. But um, the other experiences and every single experience that you have and go through in your life will also be very important in preparing you for the real world. So as I said, both degrees have prepared me and helped me. My journalism degree has uh, definitely given me the solid foundation to learn, um, you know, the techniques that I needed in terms of um, writing, researching, interviewing, uh, knowing how to build a story, knowing where to find, um, you know, uh, sources, um, and all of the other technical details that a journalist needs. And my theater degree, in my opinion, was very, very helpful in building my self 
this team because as journalists, we meet a lot of people every single day. We get to to speak to huge business leaders, government officials, uh, stand on stage, speak in front of a lot of people, sometimes uh, stand in front of camera and speak. So my theater degree was very, very helpful in, in giving me the character that I needed, if I can say, or the courage that I need to do all, um, all of that. Both have were, were the solid foundation that I built on later on when I graduated to be able to, you know, do whatever I do every single day doing my job at Forbes. I really liked how you said foundation because I feel, I completely agree. I think education does really form the foundation for a lot of the jobs that we move into and builds a lot of those skills. And I think we honestly underestimate how character building education can be. So it's really nice that you touched up on some of those points. So I'd love to ask if you could tell us about the recruitment process. So perhaps how you prepared for it or what, in your opinion, made your work stand out from other candidates who were also in the process. Um, okay, so um, this is a story that I always like to tell everyone that I meet um, whenever I get asked about my job or what I'm doing at Forbes. Um, and if someone had told me like four years ago that I will be doing business journalism, I would have never ever believed them because uh, funny enough, I hated business. And I'm sorry, Mohammed, to say that <laughs> because I know you're no, studying it's, it's completely fine. I understand that, you know, there are people who don't like what I do. And it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> that was in the past. But um, at university, uh, I was, I think, in second year when I took um, an, um, a course in business. Um, and I really, really struggled in, in that course. I remember that I barely passed it. And since that year, I hated business to a point where like, I avoided even entering SBA or the School of Business Administration at AUS. <laughs> so I was very scared of, of it. And a lot of my professors at that time in journalism, they told me that the style of writing that I have um, was going to be really, really good in using it in business journalism. But I was telling them, no, I hate business. I know nothing about it. And when I graduated, I graduated in the middle of the pandemic. So everything was closed. People were losing their jobs. And at that time, I had stayed at home for, you know, uh, for, for a lot of time because that was June when I graduated. I was really scared that I wouldn't find a job. And uh, I'm not used to just sitting at home and not doing anything. Um, and I remember that I was just, you know, scrolling LinkedIn, um, all, you know, job websites, whatever I found, and I applied for everything. Um, and I was looking for big names. Because at that time, I believed uh, that, you know, um, entering into a big um, name in the industry, you know, the elite media, if we can call it, would be very helpful in the future. Um, and it would prove to myself that I'm, I'm good enough to be, you know, working with, with a big name. And I remember at that time, I found an internship at an amazing place called Sika Magazine that was founded by two amazing souls, um, uh, Manar and Sharifa Al-Hanai. And I was doing an internship with them. At that time, I learned that, um, you know, I learned a lot of skills and gained a lot of skills working with them. Um, and But at the same time, I was looking for a full-time job. Uh, and I remember that I saw Forbes and, you know, Forbes is a very, very well-known name in the media industry or in the journalism industry, but it was a business magazine. So that was my issue. I was like, what if I get hired? I hate business. Um, and I, I remember, you know, applying for every single job opening that they had, but never heard back from the HR or anything about my CV. 
actually did it the way I was hired. I didn't go through the traditional path of, of recruitment, uh, but uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I just wanted to work at Forbes. I don't know why. Uh, I was just desperately applying. Um, and then I remember finding a general email for Forbes, um, you know, the info email. Um, and I was like, just let me, you know, try my, my luck and send my CV there. And um, I sent my CV. And actually, four minutes later, after sending my CV, I received a call from someone telling me that, hello, I'm calling you from Forbes Middle East, and we just received your CV. Um, and would you like to come and do an interview because we are looking for interns? And it was like, that that must be a scammer because how could they? <laughs> so, you know, my email um, uh, to a general email that I sent my CV and um, it was very weird, but uh, and un until the moment I went to the office and did the interview, I was uh, like sure that this these are just scammers and this is not the real Forbes Middle East until I received my contract. When I went to the interview, you asked me about, you know, how I prepared for the recruitment process or how I prepared for the interview. I just researched it very well. I already had good background information about, about Forbes, and it was the reason I wanted to to apply for it, that I knew that it's, you know, a trusted media source, um, and I knew what they were doing. So um, I tried to, you know, dig more and know their latest articles, what the things that they were focusing on at that time to be able to prepare. But the interview was very light because I was um, going to be hired as an intern and I was accepted. Um, I worked as an intern for one month and then I was hired full time as a researcher. And then from that from that time, I did multiple roles, reaching my my role as a woman editor, which I got last year. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. And since then, I uh, when I worked in the business industry and I learned more about it firsthand, I fell in love with the industry. It became my passion. Um, it is the one thing that I want to do and continue doing. I've never ever imagined that this is going to happen, but magic happened. <laughs> Honestly, I... I loved that story. I feel I feel almost inspired after listening to that just because it's it's just so unconventional the way that everything happened. I think just our generation in general graduating during COVID and having to deal with COVID is just already such an unusual experience for us and we're just very confused on where life is going, but you were able to reach out to these people and you found something that you really love. I think it's amazing. And Muhammad, would you like to add anything? Yeah, and I think an important an, an important thing to talk about here also is that, like you mentioned, you know, like back in university, business was not something that you wanted to do even a bit. But then coming out of the job market, you you really wanted to work with Forbes. So that, that you know, just just for the students out there who are listening or anybody who is listening that don't block your mind with unnecessary things like, oh, I don't want to just try to explore as much as you can because it's it's during your 20s where you can actually explore stuff, where you can try new things. And the, the consequences are not that severe as if you were to try it a little later, you know, during your career. So it's important to just give a shot, take interest in new opportunities. Don't, you know, step back from things that scare you because it's those things that scare you, which which prepare you for the future. Uh, also that, you know, not everything is landed through a conventional way. So you, you don't always land a job 
just by applying on a portal because the number of CVs that the HR receives or anybody who's hiring receives are n number of CVs. So even if you have to choose a non-conventional path, just give it a try because what can happen is that you won't receive a reply, but the good thing that could happen is you can receive a reply. So there's always that chance. And yeah, thanks. Thanks, Leon, for sharing that experience. It's a good learning place, you know, for those students who are looking for internships out there or just entering the job market to keep their mind open and be persistent, you know, don't give up. So now coming to, can you describe how your day at Forbes looks like? And as a women's editor and researcher, what do you basically do? Okay. So actually, uh, my job at Forbes is divided into two different parts. The main one, if I could say, is that um, I basically work as part of the research department at Forbes. Um, so the research department is the department responsible for um, creating the list and rankings of Forbes middlees that come out every month or every year. What Forbes is known for is their list and rankings of you know uh, the top CEOs in the Middle East or the top uh, businesswomen in the region and so on and so forth so um that and that is why people know Forbes and that's why they come to our our website or read our magazine and they are and that's why they are interested in, in it so my department is creates these rankings um basically in the research department specifically as a woman editor I lead four rankings that um, that come out every year one of them is the most powerful businesswoman in the Middle East um, women behind Middle Eastern brands, women behind Middle Eastern tech brands, and a fourth list that has nothing to do with women, but I love it so much, which is Global Meets Local. Um, it's a ranking that we are actually right now working on um, that ranks the top executives who are leading international companies and living in the Middle East, you know, uh, the big international companies. And we focus on their um, operations in the region. So basically, my job at Forbes is that if I'm not working on the four list that I'm, I, I just mentioned, I will be supporting my team team um, into whatever ranking that they are working on and our day-to-day -day life is basically us collecting data about these companies um, about these business leaders that we take into consideration contacting companies to get more information from them firsthand um, looking into financial data and uh, stock markets and keeping an eye on it and any update or make major things that happen uh, we work as well on creating the printed magazine that comes out every month which is the holy uh, grail if we can if we can call it of Forbes Middle East it's the the most important thing that we do every single month we help the, the magazine team in terms of fact checking uh, making sure that every single number every single letter in the magazine is correct is, is placed correctly and the other side of my job um, is uh, as a journalist, which is my favorite part, I guess, um, where I write uh, articles, interview business leaders, interview them for video content and for, for printed content. And I love that part because I get to meet amazing souls of very, very, very inspirational leaders um, that I always see, you know, in the media, read about them. Um, they lead some of the largest companies in the entire world. And when you get to meet them and you speak to them and you hear their stories, um, you see how inspirational they are and how they were able to reach where they are today. So that's my favorite part about my job. That's pretty much it. it, it, it my job involves a lot of things at the same time. Uh, which I think, in my opinion, makes it more fun and less boring. 
No, that's that's quite interesting, and it's a lot of blocks put together to make that one article or to make that one you know list of rankings, which which shows the amount of work that's going in behind these rankings and the kind of work that the team is putting in to provide and produce quality content. I completely agree with that, and it's not as simple as just a one straight path to writing an article. It's you're doing a lot of things. I think, as you mentioned, you're looking at the stock market as well, and you're looking at these financial rankings. So it's it's also it's almost this world of writing combined with data and combined with research to produce these lists, which is very interesting. And I think. That's what people look for in a job as well. Like you said, it keeps it exciting, it keeps it interesting, and it's not just the same because the data is always changing. So it's not just the same exact uh, routine that you're keeping up over and over. Which so that's really interesting. Honestly, I didn't know um, that much about the process. So it's really nice to hear from you. Can you please tell us? about the exact process of writing an article. So we've mentioned that it's very multifaceted and it's a complex process, but maybe let's say when you start from conducting research all the way till publishing, how does that work? And if you could take us through that, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So actually, um, as I mentioned earlier, that my favorite part about my job is writing. I've actually entered this field or I've chosen journalism over anything else because of my love of to, of writing and that fascination that I have with words. Um, and it's something that I really enjoy doing. So uh, whenever I get assigned to write an article, it's something that I get so excited about. Sometimes I have so much work that I can't even breathe, but I would be asking the editor to assign me an article just because, you know, I would have not written an article in like one month or two. So it's something that I, <laughs> if I don't do um, at least once a month, it's something I would be really missing. So basically what I do once I, I am assigned, assigned an article or uh, I chose a topic, is the, the number one thing and, it, and it's something that even if you are studying journalism, I'm sure you will learn at university, uh, is to do the research. If you, don't, if you go to the interview um, being unprepared, um, you will not get the results that you were hoping for. You will not look good as a journalist, um, then especially when you are going to speak to you know, high profile business leaders or government officials. You need to know them very, very well. You need to know the company that you are going to write about very well with, with every single detail so that you ask the questions that you couldn't find answers to or no one can find the answers to online. These are the questions that will get you an outcome that will make your article special because no one wants to read an article that restates the obvious or restates what is already there online. And no business leader or interviewer wants to just keep repeating information that is already there or they have spoken about earlier. So the research process is the, the number one thing. Um, after doing the research, um, obviously, you're going to put the interview um, interview questions that you're going to ask. You know, you will determine how many questions you need, depending on the time you have sat with the or agreed on with, with the interviewee. After the interview, actually, uh, and you get all the results, I, in my opinion, or what I usually do is that I go over the answers. And sometimes there are a few things that would be missing that I couldn't get or if, uh, some things that I feel that I want to know more about, so I would do further research about it. 
or speak to the business leader again or send follow-up questions and so on. And then I start writing the article. Before I, I start, you know, the actual writing, I would set up an idea of how I want the article to be laid out, what the outcome of this article, what I'm going to be focusing on, and um, what I want to deliver to my readers, because I want my readers to come out of this article with something new. I want them to, you know, be excited to, to read my words, because they know that they will come out with something new. So, um, yeah, after writing the article, we usually, it depends from, I think, from a publication to another, but uh, at Forbes, we make sure that every single number, every single letter that we publish is correct. Even, you know, if a name of a person, we need to make sure if, you know, this letter is capitalized or not. This this company, the way you write their name, is, is it this way or is it that way? So what we do is that uh, we send fact-checking file, not the article, obviously. We don't show, we as journalists, uh, we don't show the article to the interviewee before publishing. But we make sure that we fact-check um, every single letter with them to make sure that all the numbers we included are correct. Uh, we didn't miss anything. All the sources we have um, uh, used are trusted sources. And after the fact-checking, um, we obviously edit things if needed. Um, and then we send it, send it to print. It obviously goes into a lot of editing as well. We have quality assurance editors at Forbes. So it's not just me, you know, working on the article. It might start with me, you know, doing the interview, but a lot of team members are involved in the process. So yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that is just amazing. It's just, you really got the process. I think the more experience that you have, you've got the process almost down to a science. And it's very detail oriented. Like you said, at Forbes, there's like repetitive checking of everything to make sure that the quality is there. And there's pe other people working on behind the scenes as well. That just goes to show uh, how collaboration in these processes is also really important. And there's a lot of people, it might just be, you're looking at one article online but there is a lot of things that are behind it and this process of researching about your interviewee and then drafting up questions and that's things that can apply to a lot of different fields so whether that be a journalist or whether for us we're podcast hosts we do a similar thing or even people in uh, doing some psychological research or perhaps even people in business in HR or in recruitment they follow a similar pattern so I think that advice and that process is really amazing it can translate to a lot of different fields. Obviously, writing is something that is is common across all fields, but just knowing how to you know structure your writing, what kind of steps you should involve before you're writing to anybody. So have your research as solid as as you can. Now coming to the you know the next topic we want to discuss. So Dan, if you can share with us the kind of culture at Forbes. So what kind of work culture is there? How are the people over there for someone who's interested to you know be at Forbes at some point? To be honest with you, one of the main, main things that uh, make me want to stay at Forbes Middle East um, is the atmosphere, at least the, the, the atmosphere that I'm getting with my team. And I'm, I'm very, very, very blessed to have, in my opinion, the most supportive team ever, uh, the most supportive team leader. Uh, my boss, my direct boss, he is 
uh, one of the most inspiring people that I know and one of the most supporters in my life. I learned everything from him that I know. Um, and even the management, the higher management, they are very, very supportive. Once they recognize that someone has a talent, they would do everything to with and provide you with all the sources that you need to exceed to to succeed in your life and not just you know at at your professional life my team members as well whenever i need something my team members would take out of their time even if it's not part of their job to just help me and support me so that is one of the things that make me enjoy doing what I do. Although it's it's worth mentioning and not a lot of people know is that at Forbes Middle East, we work remotely, fully remotely. Only our multimedia team who, you know, require being on ground, they work from the studio, but everyone else works remotely and we work from the, uh, around the world. So I have a lot of colleagues that I've never ever met in, you know, in real life, but they are very, very, very close to my heart just because of the amount of support that I get from them. It's a, an interesting culture because it's different than, you know, working from an office. I don't know how things would have been if I was working from, from office. I've never experienced that at Forbes Middle East uh, because I don't go much to the office. But yeah, and I'm blessed to have a supportive management and a supportive team, direct team members. It's interesting at the same time to have an online job because it gives you the freedom to to do whatever you're doing from anywhere that you would like to be at. That's that's quite interesting. And, you know, the kind of culture the company cultivates flows through the employees. And like you mentioned, you know, your team leader, your boss, the kind of support he provides and even the kind of support the top management provides is, is really important. So, yeah, it's, it's really good to hear about, you know, the kind of work culture at Forbes. And as we move towards the end of this conversation, we want to talk about AI, which, you know, that will be asking. So with AI specifically, and as someone who studies English and it, I am pretty involved in the writing process. So as we are aware, there is a lot of concern surrounding AI in this industry, especially when we're looking at writing articles or just writing in general, we have this sort of AI epidemic spreading around things like ChatGPT, and there's a lot of replication of what humans are doing through AI. So have you seen its impacts in your industry or how do you think it will impact journalism in the future? Do you actually use AI to your benefit? Do you think it's detrimental? We'd love to hear your thoughts. So I don't consider myself an expert in AI, if I can say that. Um, but in my opinion, um, I'm not concerned at all um, as a journalist or as, as a writer. I'm not concerned when it comes to AI, you know, taking over my job because I do what I do because I believe in the talent that is required for someone to do this job and in the creativity. And in my opinion, that... Um, AI um, or whatever tool that, you know, that is out there um, can never ever take over the creativity. However, it can be the greatest supporter to us as creatives or as writers. It can be very helpful um, in helping us doing the boring 
or the technical um, tasks that that take up so much of our time um, during the day as journalists or as creatives in any industry actually and giving us more time to focus on our creativity and I'm actually excited not concerned I'm very excited to see how AI is going to be developed and how it's going to be incorporated into the journalism sector more and more because I know it will be a very very supportive uh, tool rather than you know uh, taking over our jobs you know it's my soul or my personal uh, belief if I can say it's just that it's it's a hope an internal uh, feeling that it wouldn't be taking over um, and it would be a helpful tool rather than you know being destructive that's actually really reassuring to hear from someone who's worked in the field. I think as we see AI as something that's very scary and something threatening, but it's very nice to hear that you're actually really excited about AI and its role in journalism. So hopefully that's something that we can all look forward to. I think this perspective which you gave was something new, something which which was different from what I've been hearing. So an interesting way of looking at it and how it will be, you know, shaping the industry in the future. So to conclude this episode, we would love if you can share a quote or something that represents you and your experiences. Someone told me once, uh, always believe in the magical power of words. And this is something that I always keep in mind. Um, and I, I've mentioned it, I think, throughout this this interview, uh, that I've seen it and um, I've experienced how powerful words can be put together, whether in print or, you know, when you're saying it or um, in, in television or any medium. It can be very, very powerful if you put it well together and in, in its correct place. And it can be at the same time very destructive if you use it incorrectly. Um, so it's something that I definitely strongly believe in. Uh, and it's something that I always keep in mind that, you know, believe in the magical power of words. It's a really interesting quote, considering, you know, how the words you put together can make such an impact. And as a journalist, I think it's it's something which also sort of sums up your experiences, you know, writing articles. So, so it's a really interesting idea. I absolutely love words. I love writing. And I think that they are just so powerful, whether you, whether they are in written form or in speech. I think words are so beautiful and they encompass everything. They give us the ability to share our experiences with others. And I think that there is nothing more amazing than that. So I just... I, I really loved that quote. I have to I have to just end it that way. Um, and we really appreciate your time today. It was absolutely wonderful to get to listen to your experiences starting from university all the way to today, your journey at Forbes and some of your beliefs, some of your thoughts. And I think listeners, anyone who wants to go into journalism or even into um, whatever field they want to go into, I think a lot of your advice can be translated to a lot of other disciplines as well. But especially for the aspiring journalists out there, I think they are really going to benefit from today's episode. So thank you so much, Leanne, for your time. Just a big thank you for, you know, for being on this episode and we, we love your energy and your enthusiasm. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mohammed, for having me. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. See you in the next episode.